umgoblue.com by fans for fans since 1999 hello welcome to this edition of the umgoblue.com podcast this is phil callahan along with andy anderson and we're going to talk about the end of the big 10 football season and michigan's bowl selection but first let's talk about the big 10 championship game between iowa and the hated Sparties of Michigan State. Well, Andy, have the fires gone out in Lansing yet? <laughs> I don't know. I don't go around there when with Michigan uh, plates and stuff. And then notification, I stay out of that area uh, either when they win or when they lose. So because uh, they've rocked my car on a couple of occasions, and I thought they were going to take it over once. They just flooded like flash flood on the Grand River uh, Avenue, which is a boulevard there. And I thought it was going over, but I got out of it okay. So I just stay out of these Lansing when they're in when they're in their frenzy. As far as the football game, Michigan State played very well. They let out that big 85-yard run, and I thought, hey, they've had it. Uh, Coach France is going to get not only the Coach of the Year award, but he's going to get into the playoffs. But it didn't work that way because they made a stunning 22-yard drive at the end, brought him right into the end zone and into a several-point lead and won the game at the last minute. They survived a lot of them this year like that, more than they actually deserved because I'm still smarting on that 10-second turnaround with the drop punt. What's your thought? Well, you know, I have to give the devil their due. I was actually hoping that for the sake of the of the division, that Michigan State was going to just drop the hammer on Iowa because, first, I don't think Iowa's that great. Second, I, I think that the West division is significantly weaker. Um, so as difficult as, it wa- as, as sig- difficult as it was for me, I was... I was hoping, not that Michigan State won per se, but hopefully Iowa was shamed. Um, and, and, you know, the, the thing about Michigan State, you know, it, it kills me to have to say this because, you know, this is a, a Michigan Wolverine podcast. But, you know, what a season for them to, uh, to have done what they did to Michigan and then turn it around. And, you know, it's interesting because they slid into the playoff. And I, I have a real problem here because, of course, I really detest Nick Saban. So I'm caught because on one hand, I want to see Alabama get killed. But on the other hand, I really don't want to see Michigan State make it to the championship have had a chance to win. Um, so, I mean, I know that you have a different opinion having to live up there and deal with them deal with them on an everyday basis. I mean, what are your thoughts on on Michigan State and Alabama? Well, I think Alabama's going to win the game. I think they're a, a team with more talent than Michigan State. But I have to say that I respect this version of the Michigan State team very much because they have played above their talent this year. They have suffered a lot of injuries on the offensive line and come back with a good offensive line. Connor Cook has been hurt and yet come back. You know, he really helped demolish Michigan with those 10-point passes that he made to Bridge, uh, which hurt a lot. 
and then those guys weren't really open, but he threw it where they had to have it. So, uh, did you hear about him dissing Archie Griffin a little bit? Has he accepted his reward or his award after the game? Yeah, Hopefully. not very classy, but you know, what are you going to no. do? Um, well, you know, the it, it's funny because, and again, I, I know that uh, you know, I, I cringe when I say this. But one of the reasons that I really dislike Nick Saban, and again, for as much as it pains me, I have to give Mark D'Antonio, Mark D'Antonio credit, is that he was the coach of the year this year. Is that when Saban left? You know, it's one thing to leave and take a better job, but I remember distinctly. Not only did he take the job to leave for LSU, but he really kind of slammed Michigan State on the way out the door. And, of course, being a Michigan fan, I thought it was hilarious. But I think it says something that you know Nick Saban is widely regarded as probably the top coach in NCAA football. But he had to take his act on the road. And I have to give D'Antonio credit that he has built the program up in East Lansing right now to a level that Saban you know, could only dream of. So, so that's why I'm torn. As as much as dealing with Sparty's year in and year out is is painful and difficult, um, I, I have to say that you know, and, and this does pain me. And I and I I have to preface. I almost have to. I can't believe I'm saying this. I think that um, you know this this version of of Michigan State and Mark D'Antonio has more class than Alabama and Nick Saban. So. While I don't want to see Michigan State win a national championship, I do hope that they can pull it together and, and play a good game against Alabama. Um, I know that would definitely exercise some demons up there. And I mean, as long as they keep the fire department on call to, and maybe uh, you know keep some couches off of the off of porches, maybe things won't be too bad. Well, I I'm exposed to their Billingsgate. 24 hours a day, no matter where I go, what I do, shopping, it doesn't matter. I go to uh, Rotary, I go to any of other things that I go to, and, and they're always there, and they're always tripping. Now, they have a number of good fans of knowledgeable football people that follow them, but most of them aren't very young. The young ones that they have really get under my skin on a 24-hour basis, and I never Now wait a minute, Andy. I got to give you grief. I mean, when you say younger, you mean under the age of fifty? Well, you know, I mean, you know, some of them are even under the age of seventy. I know. I'm just busting. I'm just busting on you. Yeah, yeah. You're picking it. You know, my lawyer will be in touch. I will, but I will. I'm going to agree with you on that, Andy. Andy, I will agree with you that some of the most obnoxious experiences I've had at games. Um. You know, walking into stadium and leaving the stadium has been in East Lansing. Matter of fact, it is by far the worst experience. I've had by far the worst experiences of anywhere. I mean, um, I've never had a significant problem at Notre Dame. I've never had a significant problem at Ohio State. I've had some incredibly obnoxious confrontations um, in East Lansing. And, And I will tell you... When you are leaving the game, you know, after uh, after an afternoon game and, and you're walking through some of the parking lots 
And I know it's not everyone, but boy, it sure seems to be a lot. Um, so well, they, they are, they're, they're all vocal, even you know uh, the more sedate ones when they're winning, but they crawl back into the woodwork when they're not, pretty much. It's a different situation. They have intrinsically an envy and a uh, inferiority complex regarding the University of Michigan. They compare a lot of things to Michigan when their team does something either good or bad. They excuse it by saying, well, that happens at Michigan too. Or, you know, uh, we don't do this as much as Michigan, and they're worse at this than we are. You're, Michigan is always held up as the standard of comparison for them. And that doesn't happen in Ann Arbor because for most fans that don't live around the area, they simply don't care uh, for Michigan State but choose to hate Ohio. Now, that's a nice program. Now, Andy, I'll tell you what, one thing, though. I mean, there's one thing, you know, as as Michigan loves as we are, there's one thing we do have in common with everybody who went to Michigan State. I mean, we de- we know we definitely could have gotten in there. I mean, and that's not, not to be said for the other way around. Um, so, you know, I, I always like to give, uh, you know, the Sparties grief. Um, I'll tell you, that the, it's been really difficult as a football fan during the uh, the end, well, no, I mean the entire Rich Rod era and the Hoke era, um, and starting right off with Harbaugh era. I mean, Michigan State has been the dominant program. There's no two oh, ways. Absolutely. There's no two ways about it. And again, giving them, you know, giving the devil their due. I mean, the amazing thing about Michigan State is that. It really doesn't matter what kind of recruiting class they get. They found that they find the right players for their system. They coach them up, and I have to grudgingly tip my hat. Um, you know, they're unlike past iterations. Um, you know, speaking specifically of some of the Perlis teams, you know, uh, they're, they're not. They don't play exceedingly cheap. Um, there doesn't seem to be any improprieties around the program, and. You know, let's finish up on Michigan State so we don't have to talk about them again. (laughs) (laughs) Well, they're going to have their hands full with Alabama. Alabama has more talented players, and on the face of it, should win. Alabama's got a running back there that's that's, going to contend for the Heisman Trophy and probably one of the best running backs in the country, is he not? I can't remember his name right now because I don't like Alabama and I don't follow him. But he's very, very good, and Michigan State's going to have trouble trouble with him. I think, I don't think that they can beat Alabama, but then again, I didn't think, I thought maybe Iowa had a chance, and I thought maybe Michigan had a chance, and I thought maybe Penn State had a chance, so... Uh, I'm not a good critic of them. Then you're right. Let's get rid of this and get on to something more. So, uh, in, in hopeful things, um, it looks like Michigan is headed to the Citrus Bowl. And, you know, that that's not a bad little consolation prize. Um, what's interesting is that we'll be playing Florida, so we get to see, we get to have a little reunion with Nussmeyer, and, uh, who... You know, put in a year here and a year in Alabama, and now he's in Florida. So, you know, I, I've 
I've read that Michigan is open as the favorite. Uh, you know, what do you think about this game, Andy? Are you excited about it? Of course I'm excited about it. I haven't seen Michigan play in a bowl for a while. It's a chance to get 10 wins, which is a very, which is highly respectable. It will give them 15 extra practices. All, all of this is good. There's nothing bad. They could have gotten LSU, you know, and uh, I think LSU has would be a harder one for Michigan. But don't go to sleep on Florida because it will be a home game for them. And they will pull out all the stops. If it's fourth and short, they're going to go for it. They got an offensive shambles there. So they're desperate to get yardage, to score touchdowns. They've got a great defense. Michigan and uh, Florida share that, that they have a better defense than they have offense. Although I don't know if you can say that so much about Michigan this year, or this time of the year. Uh, right now, but uh, it's going to be a close game. It's going to be a good game, and Michigan better be on their toes and present their A game, or they're going to get beat. You know, we talked a little bit heading into the Ohio State game, um, you know, and in the post of the Ohio State game, of the differences between this nine and three team and Hoke's nine and three team heading into his, you know, heading into the bowl game his first year. Um, it's interesting because, you know, having time, having given time to go back and think about it, I still, I honestly believe that we're in a lot better, um, you know, we're in a lot better position. And, uh, you know. Going around the, pro- the program, it's 100% in an opposite direction of where they're going. They, they, everybody thinks that they're going up. They've got a good national reputation now. Uh, there's hype about them, there's talk about them, most of them positive. Even uh, Dusharp isn't riding them too hard, uh, like he likes to uh, get in the saddle and run over uh, everybody if he can, and he hasn't been doing that so much to Harbaugh. So it, it, we couldn't be, in my opinion, which is worth what it costs you, but, uh, they couldn't be in a better place except if they had beaten Michigan State, which is that one thing that really that slipped away from us and we could have had it, that really would have made this an outstanding year. Truly outstanding. Well, but it's been a darn good year anyway. And you know what, Andy? You're, you're completely right. I mean, what's interesting about that is, you know, heading into the season, okay, my thought was that um, that you know Michigan was going to lose their first game, probably you know had a good chance to lose to Ohio State and Michigan State, and I figured there'd be another game they lose, and that if they could split Michigan State or Ohio State, that you know I, I think my exact quote was they'd throw a parade for Arbaugh. We were so close yep. to doing that against Michigan State, and, and it's really it, it's it's that kind of game that. You know you're going to be seeing clips of it forever, and it's always going to stick in my craw. And I. Uh, but it, it's not a predictor of what happens the next year because they played Michigan under Hope last year, played decent game against Ohio State, 
and it looked for a while they might have a chance of winning. But Michigan did not play well against Ohio State this year. And something we haven't mentioned yet is uh, Durkin is leading as a defensive coordinator, which probably everybody knows, uh, to go to Maryland, which kind of surprises me because I didn't offhand uh, even though Ira Weintraub is a graduate of Maryland, and I have some respect for him, it's hardly, in my opinion, a career football destination. But he's decided that he needs to be a head coach, and he's picked a Big Ten school, so we're going to face his defenses from now on as an enemy defense. He did a good job at Michigan if he missed. I don't think that he did a good job against Indiana's spread, or I don't think he did a good job against Ohio State's spread, the way they ran on us. But all in all, he raised the level with Michigan's. Michigan had a highly rated nationwide, nationally, you know, defense this year. So watch to appreciate there. Sorry that he's gone. Wish him all the luck in the world. You know, it surprises me because having been on campus at Maryland, you know, I guess I'm always surprised that that when you have a coach of his stature, and I, and I think he did do a good job here, I guess I always expect them to do a little bit better. Um, you know, I was kind of surprised when Michigan State's defensive coordinator ended up in Pittsburgh. Um, and I guess you could say that Durkin, at least he's in the Big Ten, even if it is one mm-hmm. of the... Uh, one of the kind of half-ass members of the Big Ten. Um, so, yeah, and I, and I guess you know, again, having been on campus, um, you know, I, it's 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 a very interesting interesting choice. Um, I don't know what your you know if you go there, I don't know what your metrics are for are for success. I mean, I don't expect you to. I mean, again, you can't really expect to win the division. I guess you turn the program around and, and you know you get a few key wins and that's your and that's your metric. Um, but yeah, it's interesting because what do you think is going to happen with with Durkin? I mean, do you think that they're just going to bump Madison up or are they going to bring somebody in? Are we going to bring a rental in? Well, I I'm kind of perplexed about him trying to take some of our people away with him, some of the staff that we have. I guess he's approached some of them, and they said no so far. I hope he doesn't raid the rest of the staff here and drag some key pieces away. But I think that he'll do very well there if he can run eight or nine games a year, beat Rutgers, beat the other people that he should in the league and take his licks against the rest of the East. He's in a very tough division to try to have success as a brand-new coach, a brand-new head coach. And uh, we'll see how he does. I just hope that he has all the success in the world except against Michigan. You know, it'll be interesting to see. He did a good job with our defense, but he's not he He's not going to have the level of athletes in Maryland, especially, especially the first year or two. 
until he can get his guys in there. Then the other thing you wonder is how many recruits he's going to take. We've had a decommitment. I can't remember what the, how you pronounce the kid's name. It starts with V. He was a three-star quarterback that had fantastic amount of yardage and everything. He is decommitted from... You know, all I can say is he may have a lot of fantastic stats, but he doesn't have a lot of fantastic um, decision-making skills if he's decommitting and going to Maryland. <laughs> well, I'm not sure he's going to Maryland, but he's, he's decommitted from Michigan. And probably uh, Durkin was uh, the guy recruiting him, so maybe, maybe that's a loss. But all in all, He's been a contributor to Michigan and their defense, and uh, just as he was a contributor to Florida. The defense that Florida has, he helped build a couple of years ago, so or a year ago. So uh, the man is good at what he does, except that he, when he switches from a 4-3 to a 3-3-5 against the spread, it isn't effective. And he didn't seem to know what to do about it. He didn't change things after Indiana. I thought if he had a failure in Michigan, it was that. But that he was successful more than he failed. And he contributed heavily to the sure success. Well, I guess that's going to do it. Do you have any final words for this edition of the podcast? reports, and I, I didn't talk personally to anybody, but I guess uh, Jake Rudolph is uh, going to be the quarterback that he can play, that he's overcome his injury. It was on his non-throwing arm, shoulder, so he's going to be in it. Now, whether he's 100% or not, I don't know, but they're certainly going to have to have him if they're going to have a have a passing game, and I'm kind of interested to see what they're going to be able to do about the running game. I have a sneaky suspicion that they're going to be able to run the ball a little better than they have in this last half of the Big Ten season. they got 15 practices. I don't know if it's going to be Jabril Peppers or not or how much he's going to play. It's all going to be interesting. Oh, and one thing we didn't mention, the, the, the banquet was last night, wasn't it? Yep. Or tonight? Huh? I think it's tonight. Oh, oh dear. Well, it says in the papers that the MVP uh, is going to be Dehu Chesson is the MVP. So that's interesting. I thought it might be Jake Reddick, but it wasn't. I thought it would be Reddick, yeah. absolutely see why they picked Chesson because he's had an absolutely fabulous season. Um, he used to be just a special teams guy and now now he's a renaissance man for Michigan's offense. So We'll see how he does in the bowl too. Oh, the other thing, the other little thing that's been going around lately is that Jake Butt is got a 50-50 chance, according to published reports, of going pro next year. Yeah, he talked, he talked about that today in the press conference. Yeah, that's interesting, isn't it? I think 
least I hope he does, because I think he could have a heck of a year next year with another well, quarterback. You know, I, I'm always clear. I'm pretty clear on that. If you're gonna, you know, I always say if you're gonna be a first round pick, then you should go. And I don't know exactly, you know, he's gonna go and consult, and they'll let him know. Now, I don't know how hey, many. No, no, no tight end is gonna be a first round. He'll be a second. Yeah, and I was, I was just actually gonna say that. I was gonna say I don't know how many tight ends go first round. So the reality yep. is that, you know. If, if he can't guarantee that he's a top, you know, round or two, then he should come back. Now, you never know with these guys, you know, if, it, if you never know if it's been his lifelong dream and he's going to go no matter what. Um, he seems like a bright guy. I think he'll make the right decision. Yeah, absolutely. He, he's a very nice kid, very impressive to listen to him talk. He's got it all together, so he'll do the right thing. He'll talk to the right people, too. He, he won't be ill-advised. All right. Well, that's going to do it for this edition of the UMGoBlue.com podcast. This is Phil Callahan along with Andy Anderson. Go Blue. Thank you for listening to the UMGoBlue.com podcast. All rights reserved. Search for UMGoBlue.com on iTunes. Go Blue.